the way you really know if it's God, the way you really know if you should move forward is you have to be uh, attuned to the voice of God. You have to hear him say, come on. Lord, if this is you, say something. Just, just, just answer this question. Lord, if it's you, hey, bid me to come. Just invite me to move forward. Invite me to get out of my comfort zone. Invite me to step out in faith. And so Jesus' response to Peter was, come on, move forward. But many times we're afraid to move forward because of of certain things. So I want to just give you a couple things today, just three quick things for you to, to understand that might help you moving forward. How do you know when God says yes? Number one, when God says yes, you may still have some questions. Now, I want to talk to you from the Word of God, but I also want to talk to you from personal experience. My my wife and I were pastoring in North Florida. Everything was going well. Everything was going well. We, We had begun to turn our marriage around slowly. Hallelujah. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's a slow process, but we began to turn our marriage around. Uh, the church was doing well financially. The church was doing well numerically. The church had grown. We had gotten past a little rough spot, and everything was going well. And we felt as if God was saying, now is the time for you to turn the church over to somebody else and transition to back to South Florida to partner with Trinity Church International in establishing a church. We didn't know where. We didn't know how. We didn't know when exactly it would happen. So here, listen, we had all these questions, and we did not have a lot of answers. Like, what was I going to do for money? You know that little thing you need? Come on now, every now and then to pay some bills? money. Where were we going to live? How was I going to provide? I mean, we had all these questions. And I'm not saying you should ever step forward just just completely blind, oblivious. Uh, we found that we knew we were going to, to move in with family. We knew that, that we would be able to get some income, and I knew that I could get a, a part-time job. But, but it's still, we still had many questions lined up that we did not have answers for. Listen, if you're waiting for answers to come to every question you may have before you move forward, you will never move forward. Amen? You will always have some questions. You will always want to ask a few things. When the angel visited Mary and said, Mary, you're about to give birth to the, the, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, even though you have never been with a man, what did Mary say? Mary said in Luke chapter 1, she said, how can these things be? The angel did not tell her, well, now you've blown it. You've asked a question. I'm moving on. There must be another young lady out here, you know, who's still wearing white on wedding day. So let me just find another one. So we're just going to, no, no, no. The angel answered her question, right? 
So you may have lots of questions. You may say, well, God, how am I gonna, how am I gonna pay the bills? How, how am I gonna start this? How is this gonna work out? How, how you may have all these questions. God, when? Anybody ever ask God when? When is it gonna happen? There's a good question. We didn't know. We didn't know we were going to start a church. We didn't know when it was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't know where it was going to happen. We had a list of questions. It would have been so nice if God would have just worked it all out. If God would have just said, oh, well, listen, this is how it's going to be. Let me just tell you every detail. But God doesn't work like that. If he worked like that, we would never need faith. And it takes faith to get out of the boat. That's why you'll never have every question answered. In Ecclesiastes, it actually says, if you observe the wind, if you're constantly observing the wind, you'll never sow seed. And so if you're waiting for God to answer every question, if you're waiting for all the lights to be green before you move forward, you will never move forward. You've got to decide, and you've got to declare, and you've got to say, hey, if God said that I can move forward, then I'm just going to move forward. I may not get every answer to every question, but I know this. If God is in it, if God says, get out of the boat, I'm getting out of the boat. Somebody say amen. So you may still have some questions. Number two, you may still have to overcome doubt. There's this false belief out there uh, that if you have even the slightest bit of doubt, then you have no faith. Now, I grew up uh, uh, with faith teaching. I'm a faith teacher myself. I believe that, uh, you know, but I've listened to so many faith messages, and sometimes they can get so extreme that they, they actually say, well, if you have even the littlest bit of doubt, you'll never receive anything from God. I've heard great one-liners like this one. Listen to this one. I, I heard this one, and, and when I heard it, it's great. And I, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong or anything, but you know, this will sometimes shake you a little bit. Here's a one-liner that, that a preacher said that I probably shouted amen at. He said, hey, doubt knocked at the door, faith answered, and nobody was there. Right? You ever hear that one? Doubt knocked on the door, faith answered, and nobody was there. And I went, woo! But then I lived my life. And guess what? Sometimes doubt knocked on my door. And I let him come right in. I opened the door. I said, come on in. Let's, let's converse. Let's talk. I served him coffee and, and dessert. I mean, we had, a, we had a chat, me and doubt. Has anybody ever been there? Has anybody entertained some doubt ever? It doesn't mean that you have no faith. Listen to me. Let me teach you from the scriptures. The Bible actually says that Jesus told his disciples... In Mark chapter 9, the reason why they could not cast a demon out of a young boy, why? Was because of their unbelief. But didn't they cast the demons out of other people? Huh? I mean, didn't they follow Jesus? Didn't they lay hands on the sick and and see some healed? Don't tell me they didn't have any faith. Yes, they had faith. They just ran into a particular situation where they needed to to overcome a certain level of doubt. And so it is possible, listen to me, it is possible for faith and doubt to coexist. It is possible. 
In fact, in that same chapter, in that same incident in Mark chapter 9, the father said to Jesus, Jesus, if you could do anything, would you heal my son? And Jesus says, listen, if you believe, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And he answered Jesus and he said this. He said this in Mark chapter 9. Lord, I believe. What did he say? Help my unbelief. Has anybody ever been there? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. In other words, I have faith, but I also have some doubt. So what I need to do is I need to feed my faith on the word of God, the promises of God, so that it overcomes my doubt. In other words, I may have entertained doubt. I may have served him coffee and dessert, but it's time for him to go. Amen? So don't think that just because you entertain one thought or have a little bit of doubt or or you notice that that doubt comes, don't think that, that, well, you know, I I don't know now, I've I've doubted, I have have some doubts, I have some questions, that must mean that, that I can't receive, I can't move forward. You may still have to overcome some doubt. And then number three is this, when God says yes, It doesn't matter who or what says no. When my wife and I were planning to adopt, we went to court, I think we counted about eight times we had to go to court. But we went to court and we stood before one judge down in Fort Lauderdale who actually said to us, it's not going to happen. She said to us, you know, it most likely, probably, it's not going to work out for you. And when we left that courtroom, we felt as if we had been kicked in the gut. We felt deflated. We absolutely felt a, a sense of loss and disappointment just began to overwhelm us. I was a, a preacher, faith preacher, believed God. Uh, I knew the scriptures. I understood the word of God. But at that moment... We felt completely disappointed. Even as I spoke of this morning, we were dealing with disappointment. It just, it absolutely, we just thought, wow, this judge, she must know. And I, I'm going over this in my mind. You know how sometimes, you know, I'm just going over, well, she must know how the system works. I mean, she's, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't look like it's going to work out. And, and I mean, it just seemed like it was completely contrary. And, and it was, listen now, here's why. Because it was totally in the state's hands. We didn't have any control over it whatsoever. Has anybody just felt helpless? Has anybody just felt like like decisions were being made that were completely out of your control and it didn't matter if you had a million dollars in the bank, it wasn't going to make any difference whatsoever because money was nothing. You couldn't buy it. You couldn't force it. You couldn't plead. You couldn't beg. There's nothing you could do because somebody or something said no. And so we were just dealing with that. We didn't know what to do. Huh? In Numbers chapter 13, let me just read you this verse. We won't turn to it for time, but Numbers chapter 13, verse number one. God spoke, the Lord spoke, God spoke to Moses and it said, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am given to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. 
This was God saying to Moses, I want you to select a man from every tribe. I want them to go out and spy the land that I am promising to give you. I want you to, and I want you to have them come back and just give a report. Just give a report. Twelve men came back to give a report. And here's the report that they gave. In fact, I want to list these guys. I want to list the men. I'm going to list. This is how it went. I don't know if they were supposed to vote, but a vote took place. And here's how the vote went. They had 12 men, so they needed seven men to come back with a good report. Right? Isn't that how votes work? How do votes work? Majority win. Well, we think that's how votes work in Anyway, so moving right along. So, so they needed seven as a majority. Here, let me list the names of the men and how they voted. All 12 of them, one from each tribe. Shamua voted. He voted. This is how he voted. No. Shaphat, this is how he voted. Listen to this. He voted no. There was a guy by the name of Caleb. Come on, somebody. How did he vote? He voted Yes! Egal. Ever heard of him? No. Why? He voted? No. Huh? Another guy named Joshua. How did he vote? He voted yes. Palti. Ever heard of him? No. Why? Because he voted no. Gadiel? Anybody name their kid that? Never. Why? Because he voted no. Gaddy. Voted no. Amiel voted no. Sether voted no. Nabi voted no. And Guiel voted no. Listen, they voted no. Now, two men voted yes. Here's who voted yes. Who voted yes? Caleb and Joshua. We still use those names, don't we? Why? Because they voted yes. Hallelujah. But they were outvoted. The vote was 10 to 2. So what happened? They didn't move forward at that moment. And the 10 men who voted no never actually walked into the promised land. And the two men who voted yes actually walked into the promised land. Huh? See, sometimes you think just because you don't have enough votes, everybody's voting no, it's not going to happen. Let me just tell you one quick story, which is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard by a very good friend of mine who's been here to minister many times by the name of Dale Gentry. Brother Dale is a prophet uh, to the nations, prophet to our church. He's prophesied over my wife and I. He's prophesied over the church many times. And he tells the story of his father, who was a minister, who was itinerating in churches in Oklahoma. He was in between churches, and he saw this advertisement about, or heard about it, uh, that a small church in Stecker, Oklahoma, needed a pastor. So they would go on a Sunday night, he would preach his best message, and immediately following service, they would take a vote. And so he took young Dale Gentry with him to that service that night, Assembly of God Church in Stecker, Oklahoma. And they took a vote. His dad preached, and he saw how many people were there, and it took a 
uh, you had to have two-thirds there, and it took a majority vote in this small church for Dale's dad to become the pastor. Now, he was old enough to count. He was old enough to do math. So they would make him wait outside. So Dale's father and Dale waited outside. And one of the board members came back, and they said to him, Brother Gentry, you only got this many votes. And they told him the number of votes that he got. And Dale tells the story, and he said, I knew, I knew how many people were in the room, and I knew that my father did not get enough votes. But he said something amazing happened. He said, right then and there, as soon as Dale's father heard the number of votes he got, this is what he did. He said, I'll take it. And he said, and the board member just froze. And he was trying to explain. And he said, well, you only, you only got this many votes. He said, I'll take it. And the board member just looked at him frozen and said, okay. And he went back in and told everybody. He said, well, we have a new pastor now. And he said, they actually moved their furniture into the parsonage. And he said, little Dale said, when, when we were moving furniture in, he just went, this is not going to work out. I don't know how this is. We didn't get enough votes. He said, but we moved our furniture into the parsonage. He said, my dad became the pastor of that church and pastored that church for years, even though he didn't get enough votes. Why? Because he said, I'll take it. Hallelujah. See, sometimes you just have to declare, I'm going to take it. I'm going to move forward, even though I may not have enough votes, even though everything or everybody is saying no, even though everything is contrary. All signs say, don't move forward. But when God says move forward, you move forward. Hallelujah. So you just have to believe. You have to declare. Aren't you glad Peter didn't take a vote? Because if he did, this is how his vote would have went down. Listen, this is how his vote would have went down. Let me just tell you the vote. This is what I think. This is how I think the vote would have went down. Andrew, he would have voted no. No way. Uh, John, he would have voted no, but in a very loving way, very compassionate way. He would have voted no. James, no. Matthew, no. Philip, no. Thomas, oh, we know how he would have voted. There's no way Thomas would have voted yet. Surely he would have voted no. The other Simon, no. Thaddeus, no. Judas would have voted yes if you'd have just worked out a financial deal with him. But since he didn't, he would have voted no. Bartholomew, no. James, no. And I'm not even sure Peter would have voted yes. He probably would have voted indifferent. But listen to me. There was one person already out on that water that voted yes. Jesus voted yes. And when Jesus votes yes, it doesn't matter who or what votes no. Amen? Listen, if God says you can do it, you can do it. If God says you can have it, you can have it. Amen? If God says it is yours, you just need to reach up to heaven and say, oh, I will take it. Healing, I'll take it. Freedom, I'll take it. Deliverance, I'll take it. Amen? Peace, joy, I will take it. Amen? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. 
See, when God says yes, it doesn't matter who or what says no. You have to believe. Amen? You have to declare. You say, well, pastor, I have some questions. Don't we all? I still have some questions. I question lots of things. There's things I look at in the scriptures, stories that I have been told, things that I have read, accounts of things in the past, in the Old Testament. I still question, how did that work out? I have so many questions about Noah's Ark. What about that third monkey? What happened to him? Come on now. I question so much. But just because I have a few questions doesn't mean that I don't believe. No, I believe. I believe there really was a boat. And I believe there really was animals. And I believe it rained for 40 days. And I believe that every word of this book is absolute truth. I believe it with all of my heart. You say, well, pastor, I don't have questions. I, I also have some doubts. Well, I've been there too. I don't stay there, but I've been there. I've entertained a few doubts. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's the thing to do. I'm not telling you it's a prescription for faith. I'm telling you that's just where I've been. I've had some doubts. They've knocked on my door, and I've let them come in, and and I've let them just swirl around. But at some point, I've had to let them go. At some point, I've had to kick them out of my house, out of my head, out of my thought life. And at some point, I had to feed my faith so that it would overcome my doubts. Yeah, I've been there. On Friday this week, we celebrated the fifth birthday of that little boy that they said, oh, it's probably not going to happen. No, we, we celebrated his birthday. Five years he's been with us, even though somebody said, no, it's probably not going to happen. Because when God says yes, it doesn't matter who or what says no. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and this is, I feel, the direction we're going to go today, somebody or something has been telling you no. There's somebody here today that you've been told no so many times you have either given up or you are on the brink of giving up. God wants to get your attention today. He is out on the wind and the waves. He is walking on water. And he is saying to you, don't look at those wind. Don't look at those waves. They will always be contrary to you. You'll always have doubts. You'll always have questions. You'll always have people telling you no, things, situations that scream no to you. They'll always be there. But if you keep your eyes focused on me, if you just look at me, you can do whatever 
I say you could do. So Father, today, in fact, if that's you, you'd say, Pastor, I've got, I've got some doubts. I've, I've got some questions and I've allowed them to just overwhelm me. I've heard no too many times and I'm tired of hearing no, but it's beat me down and it's beat me down. I need to clearly hear the voice of God today telling me yes. If that's you, right where you're at, would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe God with you. I'm going to exercise my faith, and I'm going to declare that for you, you are going to move forward. Amen. Come on, stand up right now. I'm believing God, that God is screaming at you, yes. He is telling you, get out of that boat. He's telling you, it's time to step out in faith. It's time to walk where no natural man can walk. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be free. You can be financially out of debt. How you can continue your education. You can start that business. You can break that, that cycle of pain off of your life. You can break all of it. That relationship can be healed. Amen? In Jesus' name, if you're believing for that right now, you just stand to your feet. Let me pray for you today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today, God, for those that are standing I declare, Lord God, Father, that they can move forward. Lord, I believe that even though the enemy has tried to stop them at every turn, even though he has bombarded them with questions, he's bombarded them with doubt, he's bombarded them with people, situations that are contrary, that are screaming at them, no, God, we clearly hear your voice today, holding on to your promise, holding on to your word. We listen to it. We hold on to it today, and we move forward. We get out of the boat. We step out in faith, and we say it is time to let go of the past, and it is time to move forward in Jesus' name. And we thank you today, God. Faith is rising in our heart. We're feeding our faith today. We're going to starve our doubts. We're going to move past it. Oh, in Jesus' name, we don't need to take man's opinion. huh? We don't need to to get a consensus. We don't need to to poll everyone that has ever uh, had this happen. We don't need to, to go and search out. We just need to clearly hear the voice of God for ourselves. God, if you say yes, if you say we can have it, if you say we can do it, if you say we can break it off of our life, if you say it can come back to us again, if you can say that dead things can be raised back to life, if you can say that I can be healed, delivered, set free, if you can say that I can be an overcomer, oh Lord, then I believe it today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift a hand to heaven today. Father, I thank you today for faith rising in our heart to believe and to declare in Jesus' name, amen and amen. One more time, can we give-